If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Unlocked is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash unlocked and start your free premium 30-day trial today. Welcome to Unlocked. It's the world's number one Xbox show. Coming up on this week's show, it's uh, come on down to AAA town with us. We're talking Destiny 2. It's been officially revealed. We've got a teaser trailer, plenty to talk about there. More on Mass Effect Andromeda. We wanted to talk some more uh, topics on that, as well as big rumors about this year's Call of Duty game. And yes, the World War II rumors are not only not going away, they're getting much stronger. So stay tuned for all that and more. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. That's Destin Legary, Marty Sleva, Whoa. Sean Finnegan filling in for the under the weather. Alana Pierce, Alana, hope you are feeling better. Uh, I was under the weather last week, so it's who will be sick next week? <laughs> Tune in to find out. Tune in to find out. <laughs> it's that there flu season, man. So, guys, I wanted to start with uh, you guys mentioned this last week, but you'll all be noticing your Xbox One dashboards getting a bit zippier. Mm-hmm. This week, the uh, new update rolling out, which Thanks just goodness. quickens things up a bit, really, really brings back that guide button functionality from the 360. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was about to say, three and a half years, <laughs> we finally got back to where we were Yeah, in 2013. Oh, my goodness. It you- was so good. I mean, they tried something different. They're going back. They're fixing, the, fixing it up, so it's a little bit better for all of us users, and I can't wait to try it. Breaking what was fixed that wasn't broken yeah that's how you maintain job security <laughs> i mean so i'm all for a faster more efficient dashboard but did any of you notice like it really being slow yes yes because like i didn't well, really it's see gotten it. it's gotten better over time but it is my mine the, the early like days you're just talking about navigating between tiles and going into yeah, and I mean, out it just, of apps it and seems stuff. like there's lag like in everything i do it's not like uh, it's not unusable but right. it's Marty, an annoyance do you have a day one xbox one i do I me too but, so you don't notice anything, but Marty and I do. I thought maybe it was a console, but... No. Oh, it's, yeah, no, I have the day one as the well. OS, I yeah. just... I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really bug me all that much. Like, I never... I'm but never you notice like, it. I mean, like... No, I mean, not really. All right. Well, it should be over now. Yeah. Uh, as, you, as you'll see the update hit your console this week. And then also, this just dropped in. This is just a nugget for you home theater enthusiasts, because the one thing, Xbox has done a great job of being... The go-to console for home theater enthusiasts, for sure, between 
the uh, 4K Blu-ray player in the S that nobody else has. And now uh, Xbox One has Blu-ray player bitstream pass-through support for DTSX, which is a sentence that I just said. Uh, (laughs) This update allows the receiver to decode DTSX audio natively, which replicates and conveys the fluid movement of sound to create a richer experience than previously possible by moving sound to precisely where the mixer placed it. What just what just happened? <laughs> this this uh. This well, if is, a gunshot is, is coming from right there, and that's where the the audio engineer wanted it to come from, it's going to be more precise. Yes. If you've got yes. the if you've got that setup that, at home for it, yeah. yeah. Which I don't, but I know a lot of people do. Like you, you guys know Alfredo Diaz, former IGN mm-hmm. guy, real big into sound systems, loves the surround sound, goes out of his way to make sure that like everything in his home theater is as cinematic as it can be. And for people like him who are really big enthusiasts about this, this is actually a really big change because, yeah, like when you're in the movie theater, you have 16 speakers. There are very deliberate choices creatively that they make on the audio engineering front where they're like, where's that sound heard in the theater based on where it's happening in the film? And to be able to replicate that in your home is actually kind of a new groundbreaking you, thing. I, it's cool. I, used, I really used to be into it back uh, before I was married with a family, and yeah. I, had, I had an apartment that I could just <sighs> drill mounting holes into yeah. for oh, yeah, speakers. Yeah. But well, especially, you know, the, the first Xbox was the first console that really that supported Dolby Digital Proper. In fact, it was mandated for every game. It was a... It was one of the uh, the sort of requirements for an Xbox game, and uh, specifically the Tom Clancy games. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ubisoft yeah. was one of the early uh, leaders in that department. I mean, whether it was Rainbow Six or or Ghost Recon, you know, I had my had the I had the full five one set up, had everything positioned perfectly so that I was seated in the exact right spot, and you'd be playing on Xbox Live, and you'd hear you'd like hear a dude over here, and it was. It was great. Halo 2 as well. That oh, yeah. Proved, that, was, that was a big advantage People, in Halo 2. Audio, like well-done audio engineering and audio design is something that like gamers and people don't really notice until it's not done yeah, well. That's true. And then when it is done well, it feels so like immersive and cinematic. Like You feel like you're really – I remember my very first experience with that on the 360 was uh, with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, mm-hmm. where like – that ship feels like it's sinking because all of your bullets that hit like the metal walls, yeah. like on that first level, feel muddled and it feels like it's condensed. You feel like you're drowning. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. I mean, not the feeling you of drowning. You feel like you're <laughs> drowning. It's drowning. It's great. Sean Finnegan. so yeah. immersed in the world yeah. that it might feel like it's, that. it's cool. one of the dumbest first world San Francisco problems, but like living in a five bedroom <laughs> apartment. At being poor, I'm just like, well, I, I can't have a good sound system. So when I'm reviewing yeah. a specific game, like I'm reviewing u- ukulele, I could totally play it with crappy earbuds at home. I'm you totally have fine a five-bedroom apartment? That's like a palace. There's that he shares seven with people in it. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't mention that <laughs> part. You yeah. mentioned that part. I, <laughs> he lives in there alone. He's like, How no. much do you think Marty makes? <laughs> um but when I'm reviewing something, like when I was reviewing The Last Guardian, I was like, all right, I'm just going to come in here on the weekends and play in the demo room. And playing in there, I'm like, all right, this is probably how I should oh, play right. literally <laughs> yeah. every game. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Nowadays, I just have headphones, and those yeah. are really good. That's the thing. with a, I'm, I'm lazier now, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I do have my own space to that I could mount stuff, mount speakers on the walls. I'm lazier, and just, yeah, with the... Uh, I, I do most of like ninety nine percent of my game playing after mm-hmm. my uh, particularly my 
my kid has gone to bed. Yeah. So I'm not going to be just rocking the yeah the, the full setup, just subwoofer shaking the yeah. walls. And like if you so, do, you have like a pair of Astro. So Astro A40s have like been my go-to good, for years. They do a Those pretty good job of like yeah. directional they audio, do. and it sounds pretty good. Like I watch movies that way, and it's just nice to be able to crank that so loud yes. and not have to worry about your neighbors or your yeah. landlord or who lives above you or below yeah. you like whining about. <laughs> Keep bullet, it down in yeah, there! Like explosions and like bullet sequences happening at like three in the morning. That's why you do what I do and surround yourself with all these empty bedrooms in my palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we roll on the the, the proper news this week, which there isn't much. Destiny two uh, and Call of Duty two are the the are two big stories, but that's about it. But I know you guys talked a lot about Mass Effect Andromeda last week. Uh, but the thing I wanted to, to – the question I've been wanting to ask and bring to a panel and have a discussion because I think a lot of our audience might be kind of I – I wonder if they're in the same headspace as I am with this. Uh, I was so looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda uh, as so many of us were. And Destin, you in particular, you know, yeah. you're such a Mass Effect fan. But I have to say you know, when, when, the, when our copies came in, it's, it was a very busy time. Uh, I we had Horizon, we had Zelda, mm-hmm. and but I was like, well, it's Mass Effect. My plan was to put Zelda aside, put Horizon aside, and I was like, I don't want any spoilers. I got to play Mass Effect. But with Mass Effect being a good, it's a good game. Let me let's preface there seven point whatever we gave it, good. But here's the thing: it being a fifty hour good game instead of the 50-hour amazing game that we all hoped and wanted it mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I have found myself really lacking any enthusiasm to play because especially I'm hearing from everybody I trust, oh, well, it's gets, it gets a lot better six to ten hours in. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Destin seems to find I don't want to do that. So claim. I'm, fa- I, I'm finding myself in a... <laughs> In a position I did not expect to be in, which is like I don't even know if I. I mean, if I want to, if I'm going to play it. I mean, like beyond the two hours, I did. I did play the first two. I played up to the the big the dad moment at yeah. the end of that whatever the first chapter, mm-hmm. I guess. And then you're just like, I'm done. And I kind of, <laughs> and then you know, it's. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm nuts. If I should be like just keep going, and I, you know, I know it's going to be good, but. I just, go, go, at least play past the dad moment and do the next section. And if you're not into it, bail. So Mass Effect 1 and that trilogy are among my favorite games of all time. I'm yeah, a huge fan of it. Like I Mass Effect 1 for life. I constantly Marty talk about <laughs> if I constantly talk about how Mass Effect 1 to me is one of if not the most cinematic game out there, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's so to be able to wa- or to to know that Mass Effect Andromeda doesn't really come anywhere near that bar. Like it doesn't seem like good a, a, a solid seven is enough to draw me away from everything that's out there right now. Like I'm 60 hours into Zelda loving every minute of it. All I really want to do is play Zelda. Like what, why would I want to walk away from that experience to play something that is just good or yeah. just, okay? it's also mass effect is up against the fact that this is a historically incredible start to a year. Uh, yeah. In games from, that's know, fair from uh, resident evil to the ones we mentioned and Neo and near and personas coming out and all these amazing indies. Um, 
and then Halo came out in For Honor. So I feel like that's the tough thing is like, you know, your your time is a commodity right now and how you're going to spend your time, especially when a lot of these games are 50, 60 hours. And like, they're nines. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're nine yeah. or nine plus. I it's, wanted so badly with Mass Effect to come out and be a champion for the game and just be like, oh, I love it. It's so great. Look at all this great stuff. But I keep finding that I hop into missions and the animation problems totally detract from the overall experience. It is a major problem. I I almost wonder how damaging this is going to be to the overall Mass Spec brand, and that's what's really that's, scary. And that's exactly where I wanted to go with this next, is uh, speaking as someone who hasn't played m- more than the two hours yet, but you've finished it, you guys no, have played it. No, I have spent about 50 hours in the game, and I am at 46% completion. Oh, so, okay, so you actually haven't finished the My story. My goal is 100%. Have you finished the story? No. Why? No, so you're, just, you're going for a, <laughs> a full run. Yeah, okay. Because I want to experience everything yeah, the game has to offer. That's I how I choose to play the Mass Effect franchise. I want to do all the side quests and 100% uh, viability but, on each So you, you've hit on this, though, Destin, and that's f- fair or not. Mass Effect Andromeda has taken so much crap in the community. Like, it, it, is, it is damaged goods. Mm-hmm. I think, is, do we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Even though, again, it is a good game, but because it's Mass Effect, good sure. is not. It followed three stellar games, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you know the the you, there's YouTube videos everywhere of all the the glitches, the glitches and the facial animations and all this stuff. Fair or not, we t- we talk about it a lot. Perception can often be reality mm-hmm. in the video game business, uh, and sadly in a lot of other aspects of our society yeah. these days. But but when it comes to games, it's so that is the position that. Mass, the Mass Effect franchise finds itself in now is very damaged. And I'm, what I want to talk to you guys about is where do you think Bioware goes from here? Uh, there will well, inevitably be another Mass Effect game. Do they, do they clean house at Bioware Montreal and bring in a bunch of new people? Do they send do they, Does Edmonton take the game back in-house and say, all right, we'll handle this ourselves? Like, what, what do you guys think is going to happen with the future of Mass Effect? Well, we know Edmonton's working on the new IP, right? They are, but think plans can change when yeah, one of your so flagships has this happen to it. I, I don't know what they do about this, honestly. Like, um, Mass Effect, you hear that name now, and people are like, oh, yeah, that's that game that was a disaster. And I don't know how. How did Bioware and EA sit down and say, yeah, we're going to get a pass on this one? I mean, this is terrible for them. I, I mean, don't know what's going to happen to that franchise. Mass Effect Andromeda 2 better be flawless. or It's going to affect sales, not only of this product. We're already seeing it in bargain bins. Like, that's how bad it is. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Wait, really? Is that, that's not true. Bargain bins still have, exist? That's not sorry. It's a, I'm using a colloquial, colloquial, colloquial term we got you to describe <laughs> uh, a discounted product that we're seeing online. Like, already there's a lot of uh, tie-in deals where you can get the game cheaper. Hmm. So... That's not a good sign. I haven't really been following any of that. Uh, I have been following the perception because, like I said, I haven't played the game. I was planning on it, but now I probably won't until there's, like, a gap in my gaming schedule, which for the foreseeable future, that won't be the case, right? But I feel like this is just something that, as a creator, you got to put yourself in that position and realize, like, some of these losses, I guess if you consider it a loss, you just got to take on the chin, right? Maybe you try and fix... The, maybe you try and earn some of that goodwill back by putting out one or two great DLCs, and then you kind of let the franchise sit for a little bit while you work on making the next game absolutely killer. And the Destiny model, even is that 
Is that even fair? Potentially, to say? like I mean, I granted, would, Destiny didn't well, have Destiny, nearly the pro, the well, Destiny image problem. Pro, yeah, they did with the story. They still have with that the story, image problem with the story. They still have that image problem with the story. But I think the difference there is that, and I guess we'll probably get into this a little bit later. But Destiny is a different type of game than Mass Effect Andromeda, where Destiny has. From the get-go, people anticipated it to be this growing, evolving platform that would change over time and potentially at the end of its lifespan be very different than it was at the beginning. That was built into part of the audience expectation, whereas with a game like Andromeda, an RPG, a predominantly single-player RPG, even though I know it has multiplayer and it's probably pretty good too, uh, people want that game to come out of the gate swinging and floor them. And if it doesn't do that, earning that expectation back over time, even with great DLC, that's really tough. This this player was having server problems at launch too. So even there, they they're stumbling. This is just to a T exactly what happened in the fall of 2014 with AC unity and AC unity did. And, and both games are victims of modern consoles in the ability to hit a single button when you come across a glitch. Glitches have always existed. Yeah, that's now you true. can hit a single button and that it's on the true. internet. And, and yeah, it has that 5 million views up. and exactly. everyone thinks that's all your game is yeah, when it's and, not. Uh, you know, again, AC Unity was a good game with problems. And yeah. I reviewed it and I, I gave it a good score, um, but it didn't live up to the sort of franchise legacy. And then the next year they came out with Syndicate, which was an incredible game. And that just didn't sell because of the damage that the franchise took. And now they're taking a break. And now they're taking a break, and we're probably going to get another one this year, according to the leaks. So um, the movie I think, do well. uh, uh, yeah, that's another topic oh, entirely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I don't think this changes plans for what a the next Mass Effect game is. I think the next Mass Effect game is already in pre production. Uh, I think you also have the um, you know obviously you have the new IP, and then I honestly do think given how smart EA has been with the license that BioWare is going to take another crack at a single-player Star Wars RPG. I don't think there's a world where that game isn't on the table right now. I mean, there's EA owns BioWare, and yeah. EA has the license. There's yeah. nothing stopping. I mean, yeah, KOTOR 3 is one way to fix yeah. one way to damage, uh, fix the PR damage. I don't know if it's all that. Like, it seems really damaging right now because it's we're still in the wake of That's like, true. comparing the it with spread. its... Yeah, exactly, with... And that wound comes like it's particularly more uh, evident because we're comparing it with like a legendary trilogy of games, essentially. But like, I wonder if you know the next Mass Effect game comes out three, four, five years later, and no one even remembers that Andromeda was facing this issue. I wonder if that's not the case. Well, maybe. Like the internet feels so packed full of good content and good games and good movies and just good everything that it seems difficult. That years down the line, people would be like a little still hesitant about the next Mass Effect because of the last Mass Effect when that was a half decade ago. I'm also curious if this is a negative backlash in an echo chamber in what the actual, because you get the same, according to the internet, Call Fair. of Duty is the worst thing in the world. According to NPD, Call of Duty is still one of the best selling games mm-hmm. yeah. also every year, point. and a to majority of people who buy it point. love it. All that said, I've played 55 hours of the game, and I plan on 100%ing the game. Yeah. I mean, it's. Ugh. It's always really tough to say with the echo chamber, right? Yeah. Like we live, we live on the internet. We live in the gaming sphere. Sometimes it can be hard to figure out what people outside of it think. But yeah. like, I remember Ty Root when he left and started working like outside of the gaming industry. Ty Root, former IGN guy, he talks to his nephews who have no idea about any of the really intricate stuff that we all know as gamers living on the internet. And to them, yeah, Mass Effect is a great game. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. And it's probably selling like that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see NPD for March. Uh, well, they were. This game will be near the top. Pre-release. 
right? Mm-hmm. They were gold pre-release, so the pre-order numbers were very what was What do you mean gold? Or what's it called when you sell a certain threshold? Going gold, right? I think, I think you're thinking of no. albums. Yeah. yeah, records. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure this game sold just fine. I mean, <clears> I, yeah. I'm not sure. There's no doubt I, about that. What hypothesize this game sold just fine. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. I mean, it, I, that's, that's, it just made me think, like, yeah, what what is – what is the future going to hold? Like, what is they have no? They have some ground to make up for sure. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we hear from Bioware at E3 at the yeah. EA press conference? Oh yeah, uh, we talked about that on the show because they there was the um, Sonic Chronicles that Aaron Flynn blog saying, "Oh, we're we've got a new IP that we're cooking up over here," and I, I think we'll oh, get, yeah. And they said it. We'll, did they say it's going to be in the next year? Like, it seems like it's going to be yeah. out early next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why I've, I've, yeah, yeah, we yeah. said uh, we'll probably get a, a teaser. This is of like some the kind. Destiny-like game. We think. Yes. Yeah, that was what we sort of hypothesized. Yeah. Based on the very little details that they had in sure. the announcement, yeah. As it gets revealed, and it's nothing like Destiny. Like, oh, I, well, yeah, we're idiots. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move along to the news proper, which uh, starts and pretty much ends with Destiny 2. Uh, the full trailer will be up by the time most of you hear or see this. How amazing was that? Slash how terrible was that? Yeah. <laughs> but, circle one. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, we did get a one-minute-long teaser that we can talk about, in addition, of course, the confirmation of the game itself. Now, it uh, was not done on Bungie's terms. There were photographs of posters in, I think it was oh, Italy yeah. or somewhere. It was Italy. Uh, some Mom, posters Mia. in Italian that, that, were, that looked pretty real. It's like, you know, you never know quite what can be Photoshopped on the Internet, but there was enough evidence that, boy, that looked pretty real, and it was. And then we got the teaser on Monday – or pardon me, the teaser yesterday, the announcement Monday. What did you guys think of it? Uh, I think the teaser was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Fillion definitely did a fantastic job with the narration. And just the personality of the Cade 6 character uh, yeah. is just a great way to deliver your first messaging for Destiny 2. What did you think, Sean? I mean, I loved it. Like, I was a big fan of how... Uh, how prominently featured Cade Six and Nathan Fillion were in the Taken King, which is where you really saw that character kind of be really fleshed out and see his relationships with the other vanguards and uh, Eris Morn, this other NPC and uh, character in the narrative. Uh, and to have him ba- basically like be recounting a story in that classic, like funny, but kind of serious Nathan Fillion tone. Uh, it's really funny and it's awesome. And it kind of does a great job of, Drawing the player into the conflict in a way that we haven't really seen Destiny do before with no. their with their with their teaser trailers. I mean, what what the best teasers do is set a tone and a mood. And if this is the tone and mood that Destiny Two is going to sort of abide by, that's awesome. Yeah, because this seemed like especially it seemed like uh, it doesn't even seem like uh, Bungie has done such a good job of learning from the mistakes of pre-release Destiny to early Destiny to what it is now and sort of course-correcting and turning this into the game that the community wants. And this is something, I don't know, I think this is so cool, and I think this is a perfect example of a game that totally launched as a 7 and two years later is a 9. Totally. Yeah. There's a ton of little uh, community details in there, too. Like, you can see the new Monarchy faction. There's little characters in the background. You can hear... uh, uh, Zavala in the background yelling at Cade, so you still have that banter between the characters. There's a ton of little Easter eggs for Destiny One fans to not Easter eggs, but just little uh, nods to the original series 
for fans to pick up on. It's just one of those things that does so much with so little, right? Mm-hmm. Like the trailer is basically Cade recounting like an attack that happened mm-hmm. to we don't know who at first, but it turns out one of the big reveals of the trailer, and it's not much of a spoiler, is that who he's talking to is just one of those little sweeper robots that sits and that's in the tower, to yeah. which yeah. is something that like, yeah, if you're a guardian, you've been playing Destiny for a long time, you see these people in the tower all the time, mm-hmm. and they don't do anything except clean the tower. And uh, it's really funny because like they're basically just like janitor bots. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the janitor bot isn't really listening to him. In fact, he probably doesn't even know he's talking to him. And then it turns out that like this encounter is still happening. And he's for some reason at a bar having a drink while this like invasion is happening. It's really funny. About that, he is at a bar in what looks like the city. We never actually traveled there. In yeah, it's always the just below the tower. Mm-hmm. One. So it's going to be a lot more focused around this area. It seems so far, and that's really exciting for Destiny fans. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right with you, Marty. As somebody who, again, I've said it multiple times, I played through the the campaign mm-hmm. of the first game and then bailed out, and I haven't come back. Uh, I like that. I love the tone it set, and I love that just the fact that it was a character, and like the whole the teaser was a character telling a story, mm-hmm. which is exactly what I want. That that uh, that's exactly what Destiny One didn't do a good job of giving me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that just just that is yeah. enough to to get me really interested again. Now uh, the. From these those European posters, those Italian posters, looks like it's going to be out September fifth in the U.S. Unless Eight. they, well, that's the that's um, Italian. That's the games usually come out on Fridays in Europe and yeah. usually come out on Tuesdays here. Maybe okay. they'll do a global release, but so fifth to the eighth, eighth in Europe, and may, and then it's a question of whether it's the fifth or the eighth. Those around when right. Destiny One launched, exactly, yeah. September game uh, exactly. And uh, there will be a beta in June, which is that was from Eurogamer, right? I th- yeah, I believe the people so. who leaked the poster told Eurogamer that the beta will be in June. Okay, that's, that's what it was. Thank you. We'll give credit where credit's due yeah. there. <laughs> and it's live now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, what if the trailer comes out tomorrow and they're like, the beta's oh, live Oh, no, I now. meant that'll be the announcement on Sony's stage at E3. Oh. I, guarantee, I, would, oh, yeah. I would bet money yeah. it's going to be live Monday night of E3. So yeah. bring your console, Destin. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and that's where I wanted to go next is uh, language, little little stamp on one of those posters is, hey, DLCs first on PS4 again. So, and the, um, the particular language here, which something, which is something that Brian Malkowitz, another one of our IGN producers, pointed out to me, was it has an asterisk saying "at least until fall 2018," which means they potentially could pull a DLC move out of the Rise of Iron book and make that DLC exclusive for two years, which is what it was mm-hmm. for Rise of Iron. Like you Xbox, still have you have yet to get some stuff on the Xbox side. And it w- I won't until literally the sequel to the game is out. Yeah. Which is as an Xbox player, so that's we, insane. We wondered when we were talking Scorpio recently, like, oh, could Microsoft swoop in, try and grab the mm-hmm. marketing deal for for Destiny, say, hey Bungie's back with us now. Come on over. No, that didn't yeah, happen. Not the case. <laughs> but what I what I want to ask is a few people tweeted me saying, you know this this is this is BS. I'm I'm not buying the game at all. This DLC thing again, and that's okay. I mean that's hey, if that's vote with your wallet for sure. But uh, I want to put it out to you guys: is is this a problem for as for Destiny players that they that this this platform content restriction, which is it's purely artificial because it's it is a business move. There is nothing technically stopping them from putting this content out on Xbox and thus on Scorpio this fall. Uh, so, Sean, as a as a Xbox One Destiny mm. player, 
are you are you tempted to switch over, switch platforms? Are you just going to take this one on the chin? Do you care? Yeah, so I definitely think it's an issue. I don't think it is a small issue. I personally, as an Xbox feel Xbox player, feel slighted by it. Uh, but I will never switch because staggered sticks for life. Sorry. <laughs> That's just how it is. Anytime Sean's I, first tattoo. Anytime I, anytime I go to an event and play Destiny on PS4 there, they always show it on PS4. And yeah, the E3s, it's part of the marketing. Games, it's part of the marketing. Yep. I can't stand the DualShock 4 controller. Like For shooters you're talking about. Totally, but we are talking about Destiny. Yes. Like, it is a great controller. It's a huge step up over the DS3. It is still, in my mind, for shooters, light years behind the Xbox One controller. Uh, I think it's fine. Yeah. It's good. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. It's, yeah, I, th- I, respect, I think it's yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I do agree. I think yeah. for shooters, the Xbox One controller yeah, like, is better. Not a doubt in my mind. There's no way I could ever go to the PS4. But it sucks knowing that the PS4 player base gets experiences out there that I don't for no other reason than that was the deal that was struck on the business end. Uh, people have always, people tweet at me and they're like, well, why aren't you whining about Call of Duty? This was how it was in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation where all the exclusive maps and stuff came to Xbox first. And it's like, okay, valid point. I didn't play Call of Duty back then, so that's why I'm you not were talking on this podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> but with this specifically, I feel like it's a bummer because here's the thing is like Xbox players pay the same $60 that PS4 players do and then in the end get less content and less experience for no other reason than that was a business deal and that sucks and it's not as if these it's not as if these experiences are uh totally just small and cosmetic for instance not in the Destiny's one, case yeah the one i always Some bring games up it is the one I always bring up is Xbox players got Hawkmoon which was this exotic hand cannon a year after PlayStation 4 uh, players did. Now, this is a really special gun because it has two perks on it. One is called Luck in the Chamber, which means one bullet it in was. the magazine uh, does yeah does extra damage. And then it has another perk on it called Aces, Holding Aces, where two bullets do extra damage in the magazine. But the trick is, all those two perks could proc on the same bullet, which means if you were lucky, you could one shot a guardian in the head. And for a long time, there was this six-month period where everyone was loving this new weapon that you could run around and one-shot people with, and that is just something literally no Xbox player ever got to experience. Ever. It's just an experience that a because bunch of people had. when it came to Xbox, it had changed been changed, it. and it was just they nerfed it. an okay weapon. And that's just one example. It's not just Hawkmoon. It's uh, exclusive strikes, exclusive missions. Like, and it's, And there's a bunch of exotics out there. We still don't have Zen Meteor, like... That's such a cool exotic that I wish I got to play with, but I can't because why? It's really frustrating, but not frustrating enough to the point where I would deal with moving over to the PlayStation because now you won't, here. You, won't, you won't move the PlayStation. What if it comes to keyboard and mouse and launches on PC? Well, so that's actually the secondary like lining to this is like, I'll bet you this becomes an even bigger issue once PC people who are a, tend to be a way more vocal crowd anyway – uh, realize they're not being treated equally either. Like, I think that's going to be even bigger. I think it'll blow up even more. Well, I don't know. It's real frustrating, man. I get, I, it like causes me stress to think about that. <laughs> At least, I mean, like, we're literally getting a different gameplay experience, but why? Like, because I paid less? No, I paid the same amount and I'm getting a less experience because I chose an Xbox. It sucks. At least the Xbox has. Uh, 
I mean, a feature you don't talk about much because it's pretty new, but like looking for group is an awesome feature. Oh, that's feature. fantastic. And it's that super useful for, it'll be super totally. useful for Destiny 2. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's interesting all the different factors are going to go into what people are going to play this game on because it's going to be where are your friends? Yep. Obviously, the install base is going to be bigger on PS4. The DLC is coming first on PS4, but presumably this game will look best on Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, probably, or a presumably. high octane PC. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's that's really interesting that we're well, getting to this point where it's like a legitimately difficult decision on where to play a game. Can we get? Would there be would there be crossplay for for a PC and Xbox One? It, that seems like it, it would be there just the way no. it works, right? Well, I would say no. I mean, I guess with shooters, it's less yeah. likely, but just because you're at such a huge. Advantage well, but maybe for, I'm just saying maybe for the co-op stuff, which is most of the game. Yeah, non potentially. Stuff, potentially, but I just I love crossplay on all platforms. Oh, well, that that'll never. That's, I that's think it's been more yeah. likely that you'd see crossplay between consoles and not PC and console. Mm-hmm. But all right, so there you go. Well, uh, let us know how the Destiny Two video, uh, full trailer, is when you've already seen it as of now, and we haven't. I like the idea that like everything we say is just null and void after the trailer. Probably. Yeah. Wouldn't trailer be. comes out, everything crossplay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Xbox is going to get the same. All the PS4 now has staggered yeah. sticks. Yeah, PS4 <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first time yeah. everything we said was null and void by the time it hit the. Uh, yeah, we've done season. it 288 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't. <laughs> but uh, okay. Uh, the other thing this week, the World War II rumors for Call of Duty continue to gain steam. Uh, Eurogamer, again, uh, tip of the hat there, reporting that this year's Call of Duty game will be called Call of Duty World War II. Uh, Seemingly leaked marketing materials appear to indicate that Sledgehammer Games' 2017 installment of Call of Duty will be subtitled World War II, uh, something that IGN's own sources have also indicated. The uh, promotional materials were sent anonymously to a YouTube channel called The Family Video Gamers, which included steelbook designs for you know steelbook uh, whatever the expensive version of the game will be showing beach landings in World War II era clothing and weapons uh, and again we've uh, IGN has been able to sort of corroborate some of that stuff so if it's nearly official at this point what do you guys think yeah happy like I said going back to your roots I think it's cool um, I think this. Different. I, I have such fatigue of, of near future or far future. Uh, the pendulum has has yes. has swung the, yeah. the, in fully the opposite direction. Yeah, and we, we were so we were this we were sick of World War II games. Yeah, a generation ten years ago, ago yeah. uh, as we as we are of modern and yeah. space shooters now. Yeah, mm. I thought Battlefield One was such a sort of breath of fresh air on the new consoles. And uh, but do you I'm, think I'm like it's because of the setting that Battlefield One saw success? Uh. I think in some part, I don't think it was only in the setting. It's, that's a, my it's an awesome like, game that tells incredible vignette stories and has killer multiplayer. Right, and that's kind of what I wanted to drive at. Is like to me again with I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare Two. I didn't never really been a big Battlefield guy, but just like as a shooter's fan, I like awesome gameplay and cool systems and great gunplay and movement. And as long as you do that, fine. You could put the game anywhere and do anything with the weapons as long as that those core pillars stay the same. It just seems like 
for Battlefield One to go back to the World War eras, and then for Call of Duty to do that same thing the very next they're year, they're going to be at a like, disadvantage. Yeah, like it's going to look like, like they're yeah, pushing the rock up. But Call of Duty and, and Battlefield are such different games, and obviously this is a three to, three team development cycle. So this game's yeah. been in development, you know, coincidentally with uh, just as Battlefield One was in development for yeah. quite a while too. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone's going to make those comparisons though. Yeah, well, they're, they're wrong. immediately they're going to compare to Battlefield One. When, when this launches yeah. and be like, which one did it better? Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. Again, granted, World Who War, wore it World, better? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who World War it better? <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. I shouldn't have done that. Thank you for beating me to yeah. that. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is cool. Yeah, it's uh, – and, and, and Sledgehammer is – you know, uh, I thought Advanced Warfare was, was really solid. That's really my take campaign. on it yeah. is uh, Sledgehammer made my favorite Call of Duty single-player campaign in a number of years – so they are definitely the, the one of the, th- the 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 team of the three that I would pick to handle this. Yeah, and they never got to play in uh, World War II. They did not. You know, they weren't one of those studios. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see more. And also, just you know, we haven't had a World War II game. I'm sure I'm wrong. We haven't had a World War II game this generation. That what about that Verdun thing that I mentioned? Like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. weeks ago. Oh okay. Because you're talking about the Xbox World One. War, that might have been a World War One game, but Battlefield One's a World War One game. Okay. This would be a World War Two game, yeah. which were very different wars, and just in terms of technology and true, setting, and true. obviously, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 all for this, especially it's smart of Activision to be like, hey, our two shooter pillars this fall are going to be Destiny Two and possibly this World War Two game, which are so diametrically opposed. Yeah, it's supposed to having two sci-fi yeah. shooters going. Well, it's cool if the three big shooters this fall are these two and Star Wars. Like that, that rules. Good variety there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Call of Duty usually gets revealed on like an NBA playoffs TV commercial, some, something like that. Soonish, uh, yeah, I think April. I think late April, April yeah. or May. Yeah, so, so that should be within around thirty days or so. Want to take a quick minute in the middle of the show here to tell you about Gamefly, the sponsor for Unlock this week. They are, of course, as many of you know, the leading video game rental service. They've got now over nine thousand titles to choose from. is a lot to commit to a game without knowing if you definitely like it. Gamefly.com lets you give it a try before you buy. They let you keep the games as long as you want. You never have to worry about late fees. You can cancel anytime. And guess what? Now they've got movie rentals for you as well, so making the service a a little more premium for you. In fact, the premium trial that we're offering here allows you to check out two games and or movies at one time. You can only get this offer by visiting GameFly.com slash unlocked. One more time, that's GameFly.com slash unlocked. So if you want to try before you buy, be sure to give GameFly a try. Now go sign up, start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. Let's get back to Unlocked. Uh, marketplace report time. Sean Finnegan, what can we spend our money on this week? So much. <laughs> Not at retail. <laughs> uh on digital, though, we have The Walking Dead Season 3, Episode 3, which is $5. Looking forward to getting back into that. It's see, I Did you play Episode 1, too? Yes, and I, I said after, I forget which, after one of the games, one of the Telltale games, I swore off ever playing them episode by episode again. I said, I'm going to wait till the full season's yeah. out. Yeah, here you I are. did that for Batman, and it was great. Yeah. I played one a night for five days, yeah. and I had an awesome time. And but then I really I adore the Telltale Walking Dead games so yeah. much, and it was over the Christmas the the holiday break that we had that they dropped the 
you know, episodes one and two, which were kind of just part one and two of yeah. the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to play these. So I got, I got some free time, played them, very much enjoyed them. Yeah, I- and now it's been three months and yeah. I have no idea what happened. So are you going to hold out for Guardians? Are you going to wait for Guardians of the Galaxy to finish? Yes. Screw that. I bet, I'm not, I bet I'm you're not. not. No way. I'm waiting. I, I don't, I'm not a huge, huge Guardians fan. Yeah. Like, it's fine. I enjoyed the movie fine. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. It's not like if it's not like uh, if I can hold out on Batman, I can hold sure. out on anything. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to play three because uh, episode one and two are awesome, and episode two ends on such a crazy sort of shuffle. Yes. Episode. Snake Pass is twenty bucks. That game rules. That game looks really cool. It's really good. RBA RBI Baseball seventeen is also twenty bucks for the number of people who've asked me. That is not a simulation. It's a very much a light arcadey baseball yeah. game. I haven't played it since like they first started doing RBI baseball again, which it's been a few years. So I don't know how much better RBI baseball has gotten, but it is not MLB the show. Mm-hmm. It is not. So it is still just, insane to me that Xbox doesn't have a simulation baseball game. It is insane. to <laughs> me. It's not though. It's not. Why? The real, so I have talked to developers about this. People that would know, put it this yeah. way. And it makes sense if you, th- okay, if you think about it, all right, to, if you want to make a baseball game of the, of the standard of MLB The yeah. Show, which is a what has been an eights and nines kind of game, yeah. like a, and a full like simulation, all kinds of game yeah. modes, uh, the the whole kit and caboodle, you need probably a I don't know sixty to a hundred person development team. That's just yeah. a ballpark guess, uh, and you need uh, and you're going to sell. Like, the show maybe sells a million copies a year, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess it's not Madden. It's not 2K. Right. Baseball is not a global brand. They're, yeah. But baseball's trying to make that happen with the World Baseball Classic. They're trying to grow the game internationally. Yeah. But baseball is not uh, – now, neither is NFL football, but NFL is – So huge. So huge. And baseball – I love it, but baseball is not on mm-hmm. the same level of popularity that, that the NFL is. So – if you were to start a studio, Marty, hire, let's just call it 80 people, and give them two years to build a game yeah. that then they're, that they're then going to spend every year iterating yeah. on, uh, and you're maybe going to sell, let's say, let's say you're Microsoft, and it's like, okay, well, I'll put it out on PC, too. It's like, okay, you can sell maybe a million on the Xbox, yeah. and then who knows how many more on PC, but it's just the... The num the money the numbers yep. just the finances of it the economics of it again and I'm totally badly paraphrasing professional developers that have yeah. explained this to me the the economics of it just don't work yeah. to make a what is I hate to say this because but what is effectively a a triple A game of a niche niche sport, sport. and I <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it hurt it, pain, it just destroys me to yeah. say that but from the in the business sense of the of the word. And the reason that Sony can do it is because they made that investment yeah. so long ago. The show's been running for, I don't know, 10 years? Yeah. More than that? Like that, that, that investment has been made. So Sony effectively is just spending – they're just doing that – the annual churn has a negative connotation. That's not what I mean. But they're just doing the annual yeah. the car, wash. Yeah. car wash of it now. So that's how – notice that Sony doesn't even do the Vita version anymore. Because that's a, oh, they really? they quietly got rid of that a couple <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah. So it's just for PS4, and it's so it's a it's a you know medium sized team that 
that brings in a reliable amount of money every year. And they do it fast. Isn't there a development cycle? Like it's, they turn, it's, like, it's, it's annualized. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's like to, but to start it from scratch, just it's, it's ne- yeah. it is never going to happen. Yeah. If, if there is a MLB, the show level game that's ever, that's ever actually hits a store shelf for Xbox one, I will quit the show. Ooh. That's how. Yeah, that doesn't mean I anything because I said I was going to show. I didn't finish the <laughs> Also, we should break the segment out and call it Inside Baseball. Boom. Uh, good luck on this next one. Clearly, there's a spelling error because no human can say that word. Anoxemia. A- Anoxemia. 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 Whatever. Eight dollars. It's a palindrome. No, it's not. Yep. Vikings. Wolves of Midgard. Sixty dollars. What? Sixty dollars. What is it? Why is it sixty dollars? Yeah. Has been heroes for twenty bucks. 88 Heroes for 15 okay, bucks. Okay, 88 Heroes is cool. <laughs> well, 88 Heroes is a uh, side-scrolling pixel art. It sort of it plays out like Meat Boy Hotline Miami, but it's side-scrolling where you have a short level you have to get through. It's a one-hit kill. Every time you die, you instantly respawn as a random one of 88 unique characters. What? And the characters range from a dude who only fires guns upwards to a dog <laughs> to a wizard to a zombie to okay, a snake from like Centipede. That moves like that. Every character moves differently. There's a certain character that's a glass ballerina, and if you fall, just like any amount of distance, you just shatter. <laughs> it, like I was playing awesome. at Altano's desk, and I'm like, we were playing for like an hour, and we just weren't. There that was no repeat. Pretty cool. That's yeah. cool. That's great. Yeah, 88 heroes. And man. then there All could right. be the crossover game. 88 has been heroes. Yeah, <laughs> for 35 dollars. Yeah. Uh, Worlds of Magic. Planar Conquest is twenty dollars, twenty nine dollars, twenty eight ninety nine. There you go. <laughs> my eyesight's going here. Air Guitar Warrior for Connect. Warrior. Well, that's a that's a twenty bucks. Connect is a word I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Still have my Connect plugged in. It nice. works. So fifteen percent of the you, time. <laughs> I had to give you. You got to read the game description for this from Xbox.com. Oh, no. Please enjoy the game description. It says here. Air Guitar Warrior is a part-scrolling shooter, part-music game full of rock attitude, and you control the music. Includes 19 custom-made tracks from Mr. Fastfinger and Sampa Sierrala. <laughs> Shoot bullets, lasers, and lightning from your air guitar. Ride dinosaurs, sharks, and jet-powered crocodiles. Smash Vikings, aliens, demons, and flying skulls. Find the legendary sword guitar and challenge heavy metal Zeus for the top spot in the temple of the All rock right. gods. When every when every Whoa. sentence ends in an exclamation point, no sentences end in an exclamation point. <laughs> heavy uh, metal Zeus, huh? I, from your air guitar, he better he better shoot lightning from why his is guitar. This, why? Why? Did, what is this? I'm just I just wanted to why? for your information. Cool. Just, like put upward inflection on every word. That's the thing is, if <laughs> like, that exclamation point is crocodile sparingly, there is one use... sentence that doesn't, and it says, and that's include... the one about Johnny yeah. Fastfingers and Sampa Cirilla. Who is yeah? Custom made tracks from Mr. Fastfinger and Sampa Cirilla. Who are they're these huge. people? Uh, they're DJs? big on Snapchat. No, no one knows who they are. They're not even real. Mr. I Fastfinger mean... is like their fake Eric Clapton that they created for this game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing you out. On my air guitar. <laughs> Interesting. That's not how guitars uh, work. It's, like, an guitar. Guitar. It's, it's an air guitar. It's an air guitar, man. Stick guitar. It's Air Dave Matthews. He definitely played. <laughs> Trying to get girls into his dorm room. Ukulele. <laughs> yeah. You did this. That was a ukulele, not a guitar. A Brit. I'm doing the, the high notes. Yeah. Uh, over on the marketplace, we got a free playable demo of Ma- Demo. Free playable demo of Mafia Three. Nailed it. Mafio? Mafio? Mafio hey, Mafio! <laughs> it's a me, Mafio. Mafio 3. Uh, 
April games with gold. We got Rise, Son of Rome for yes. the first, actually, just for all of April. Game. I feel like I predicted that this game was coming for free for the last like, so, two and a half I think years. A lot uh, people that think this means a sequel's coming, no. Ah, well, Number one, no. But, <laughs> right. man, it's this is. I'm so glad this game is free this month because it's a game that I fully acknowledge is <clears throat> a 6-7. Like, it yeah. is a flawed game, but it is one that... I just love. I love Gorgeous. it despite its flaws. It's still it's it's stunning. Uh, the set pieces are incredible. Uh, every level looks a different kind of stunning. And the the uh, Marius, the lead character, is great. And the story is awesome in this game. Oh, perfect free game. That sounds cool. Walking Dead season two. From uh, sorry, April that was. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. April sixteenth yeah. to May fifteenth. Dark Siders, the first two weeks of April, the first to the fifteenth. And Assassin's Creed Revelations, the last two weeks of April, on Xbox 360. should also be noted that Darksiders is also Xbox 360. Yeah, but they're, of course, all playable on the backwards title. It's weird. Didn't they release release the Darksiders current-gen special edition very recently? Yeah, the rematch, which is very strange. I don't really know much about Darksiders except for that, like, Audrey... Drake reviewed it back in the day, like and then that. ever since we've had just like a giant Darksiders scythe in a box floating around the office. That's oh, that's what's in there? so big that we don't know what to do with it. So it just <laughs> sat in the pit for literally like ten months, and then someone was like, "What's in that?" And we were like, "Oh, it's some Darksiders scythe." And then like Pablo pulled it out of the box and was like, "This was a mistake." And then went back in the box, and now it's somewhere. Yeah, it's hanging. It's hanging up uh, in the corner by the pool table. Okay, cool. For a long time, it was just in that. You play box. one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and it's it was it was a it's an it was an excellent sort of Zelda esque yeah. game. Zelda cool. meets God of War. Darksiders two was awesome. I thought you were going to defend the giant scythe that no. we were saying. Yeah. Scythe, <laughs> it's a large weapon with a with a sharp thing at the end that you use to cut corn or your enemies. Very popular. Good game. Absolutely. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's move to the unlock block trivia, which we play now just for fun. Thanks to the lawyers. Justin writes in and asks, which of these four Japanese role-playing games was released to Western audiences exclusively on 360, but in Japan was exclusively released on PS3? Uh, I thought that was an interesting question. That is interesting. So uh, your choices, gentlemen, are Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, The Last Remnant, or Tales of Vesperia? I played all those games. Let me bring up the on scoring. What? On 360 in America. <laughs> <laughs> Things have tightened up. Destin still in the lead at three points. Marty right there with two points. Alana uh, at two. And the Shark at zero for the year so far. But you have far fewer opportunities. True. To, what do they say answer. about sharks? They attack from behind. They attack when you least expect it. <laughs> no, if you're attacking right now, I expect it because this is the trivia round. Uh, punch them in the nose. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> Go ahead, give that a try if a shark is ever attacking you. <laughs> All right, Destin, do you know this one? Uh, no. Or what's I have, your, I have what a your guess answer? In my okay, brain. Give me, yeah, give I have a guess so, in mine too. Uh, I was going to go with either C or D, and I'm going to go D, Tales of Vesperia. Okay. Sean? I went with C, The Last Remnant. Marty? Uh, I'm also going with D just because that was the Namco one, and I feel like that's a weird thing Namco would do. Also, I don't think either of them, I'm pretty sure both the Mistwalker games, which are one and two, were um, Xbox exclusive everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, no D. Tales. This Tales of Vesperia. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Keeping the lead. <laughs> and thank you to Justin for sending in that question. Thank you, you, if you want to try and stump the panel, please send your Xbox trivia question. Include four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email, 
and send it to unlocked at IGN.com. Please don't send in the question of what was the last game ever released for the original Xbox. It's Madden 09. We've done the, it's Who hosted the <laughs> Xbox reveal alongside The Rock and Bill, the Bill Gates for The Rock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just a friendly word of advice. Yeah. That's it. Let's, let's hit the road. I'm going to get out of here, get some lunch. It is after 1 o'clock already. All right. Destin, what's going on that we should be paying attention to in your world? Uh, a lot of Destiny 2 stuff. By the time you watch this, the live stream will have probably happened, and that's what I'm working on today. So I'm in a weird place right now where I'm focusing on that. So probably a lot of Destiny content from me coming down the road shortly. John? Got a really interesting new vlog-style pilot going up uh, in oh. like a week or so. I can't say too much more about it because we're still working on it, but... If you want something a little different from IGN, this may be the opportunity. Vague and teasery. I like that. Marty? Oh, I should work in PR. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess by the time the next episode airs, my ukulele review will be live. I think it goes live on Tuesday. So read that soon. Oh, and I forgot to mention, because it's uh, not actually out yet, it'll be out on Friday. Again, probably when many of you hear this. Thimbleweed Park yeah. is out on Friday, uh, and it is out for Xbox One as well as PC. Uh, I'm reviewing that, so look for my review again. Probably by the time you see this, it's the 30th at 9 a.m. is the review That's embargo. the Ron Gilbert, very classic LucasArts-style scum. Yes. Uh, so the creator of Monkey Island, Ron Gilbert, made a uh, basically a time capsule of a point-and-click adventure game. It's, it's as if it was made in 1987. Uh, but other than it has full voice VO, I guess that's probably the yeah. one thing that they didn't, they weren't doing quite yet in '87. But uh, that's a point-and-click adventure game, which I am reviewing. So look out for that. And you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, support us on IGN Prime if you feel so inclined. No ads on videos and on the site, and you get occasional beta access, occasional free games. You can sign up at IGN.com slash Prime. It's $30 for one year. For The Shark, Marty, and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 280, I think 9. I think I forgot to change it. I think last week was 288. Anyway, 280-something, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.